We're gonna be a lot different today. Doesn't she look much better than the guy with the beard and the hat, amen? Come on, somebody. And, uh, but uh, Kathy and I, we've been married for 36 years, going on 37 in July, and been in ministry full-time uh, for all of those years. And uh, we're gonna do something today that we have not done in 36 years of ministry, and we're gonna tag team. And uh, that's pretty awesome, and I'm excited. Uh, let me say this, you know, uh, she, and, and this was not planned, and we're gonna hurry here, but uh, Kathy, she uh, has many titles that she doesn't wave around. Number one, she's a pastor's wife, and that's the most difficult task of any uh, person in the world is to be married to a pastor and, uh, and share him with the world. And, uh, but then uh, she's mom, and she's nana, and then around here, she's called the First Lady, Sister Kathy. Kathy, whatever you want to call her, she has different titles. But uh, I want to tell you something. As a church, you are greatly, greatly blessed because you are one of the strongest spiritual fighters and prayer warriors that any church could ever have as that lady. Will you join me and let's give honor to where honor is due. And, and she doesn't get a lot of attention. She doesn't ask for it. But uh, I want to tell you, she fights for every one of you when you don't know it. Uh, that movie, Prayer Room, she had that going on way before that movie ever came out. And uh, so I wanna tell you, this lady, she's fighting for you every day when you don't realize it. So I want you to know you've got a, a pastor's wife that's that type of pastor's wife, not one that wants to just be up front and, and do all the front things. She's a strong warrior in the background. Amen? Get your notes out. Let's get ready. This is probably... Uh, the most complicated topic that we're gonna deal with in this series called Real Talk, one that uh, Kathy and I have gone back and forth many, many, many times, uh, just getting everything, redoing it, redoing it, redoing it, because it's a very uh, touchy topic. And uh, this Real Talk series really was birthed out of a desire to just talk real, uh, because this series, by the way, is not a series that builds a church. If you're trying to build a church, grow a church, I would say, if you're trying to grow a church, this is really not the series to do that because you can offend people more than you bless them sometimes. But uh, if you want to grow people, that's our desire. It's not to so much grow the church. We want to grow you and grow me. And how many is growing through this series? It's a, it's a real talk series dealing with where we are every day in our real life. And so today's topic, we want to talk about overcoming anger. Overcoming anger. Anybody in here ever get ticked off? Mm. Rest of you yeah. just not dealing with truth right Amen. now. Okay. And because uh, as long as there's other people in the world, you're going to get upset sometimes. Amen. And so let's go to our text that we're using every Sunday through this eight week series. First Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul speaks and says, May the God of peace himself make you entirely pure and devoted to God. Boy, that sounds great, doesn't it? To be made totally, entirely pure and devoted to God, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept strong and blameless, which means managed, to be maintained strong and blameless until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ comes back again. And so we're dealing with topics or issues that you and I are facing every day. Say every day. Every, Every one of us. So go ahead and look at the person looking on your right and go, you need to hear this today. And, and then look at the person on the left and go, you need to hear it too. And then look at something that'll let you see yourself and go, you need it more than either one of them. All right? Okay. <laughs> anger, anger. And one of the reasons I asked Kathy to come and, and co-teach me today because I would be doing this topic a total injustice for me to come up here by myself 
because if anyone knows me, and especially our men talk small group, we've, we've been very transparent there, uh, and, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but I grew up, uh, went through a horrible situation many of you know about as a 12-year-old boy, and, and I grew up very angry. And so she's lived with a man that dealt with a spirit of anger for over probably about 25 years of our marriage. Thank God he brought a healing in my life at, at age 38. But from 12 to 38, I was a very angry, angry young boy and then a young man. And, and so I've never done drugs. I've never done alcohol. I've, I've never been out there in those things. I feared my dad more than I did God growing up, you know, because he'd beat the fire out of me. So uh, I stayed away from those things, but I grew up addicted to anger. And so I wanted Kathy to come because she can share the other side of that perspective that I can't bring to you today. And so we want to talk very transparent with you today. How many of you open your hearts and your ears and say, I may hear some things I really don't want to hear today, but I'm going to let Jesus change me. Because that's the whole desire of this series is, is that all of us are looking for life change, aren't we? All yes. of us are looking yeah. for a better life and a change in life. And, and, but here's the thing. We keep making the same resolutions every year. We're still making resolutions on the same topics, which means we're really not getting that change that we're seeking. So we're hoping that this series will help bring that. So what, what does anger mean? Anger means a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility, and you can add this into your notes because we did some more research even after that little statement. A strong feeling of annoy. Anyone here get annoyed easily at people? You know, you don't have to raise your hands on everything, but you know, it's okay if you do, just give it to God. Just keep giving it to God. Yeah, that's me, God. That's me. Just take it away, all right? But uh, annoyance, displeasure, doesn't take a lot to just bring displeasure like we're unhappy that fast you know, or hostility, and then it leads into the next statement, which usually combine with a desire to do harm. That people that have an anger issue have this desire to hurt people because hurt people hurt people, even unconsciously. Yeah, when it's, I looked that up, I looked that word anger up because we kind of already can say what anger means, but when you look it up in the Webster Dictionary and you see that last part usually combined with a desire to do harm, I was like, wow, that's really in there? And it's truth, though, when you have that much anger or you were controlled by anger, it, it's truth. You're, in some cases, it's usually combined with a desire to do harm, and that's a, that's a terrible thing. Yeah, and, and if, if you look at that, there's really two versions or two manifestations of anger. One's the, uh, the um, skunk version. That's people that stink up every room they walk in. Anybody got people in your world? You know, keep them out of your sphere of influence. But people that no matter when you're around them, there's just, there's just so much going on in their world, they're just mad at the world and everybody, and so they stink up every room. And, and then there's the uh, clam version, mm -hmm. and that's the people, and that was the type of person I was with my anger, is you just clam it up and clam it up, but boy, when it comes out, it comes out. And it comes out very detrimental. And so we wanna deal with that today, okay? Because all of us deal with this issue of anger, frustration, displeasure, feeling of hostility, and when not catered to, it develops a true desire in us to retaliate against other people. And no matter who we are in this building today, all of us deal with this topic in some place or some form in our life. Can I get a witness, amen, something in here to let me know I'm talking to the right people, all right? Okay, here's some real statistics. 60% of murders were not premeditated. 
An argument started small but built up into a place of anger and rage and someone went to the extreme and, and took someone's life. 60% of murders, no one intended to do it but they got caught up in anger and a rage and they went and killed somebody. Over four million women that we know about will be physically abused by an angry husband this year. Over 10 million children every year are abused by angry parents. Psychologists today call us the age of rage. And man, can't we identify with that? Just turn on the news for about 30 minutes when you see how angry America has become. And so here's what I wanna show you, first of all, is that this anger, this anger or rage does not sit along in, in anyone's life. If you have an anger issue, you have multiple issues. Let me show you this scripturally. Proverbs 29, 22 says, an angry man stirs up dissensions and a hot-tempered one commits many sins. You see, the other undesirable activities in one's life is most often directly connected to the buildup of anger that's roaring inside of them. That oftentimes our anger is an outward manifestation of multiple areas of sin that's going on in our life, and we're not conquering those, and we're angry at ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that hot-headed, that hot-tempered one makes me think of someone who's very temperamental all the time. Um, they try to be intimidating, you know, with their anger and with their anger fits, and, and they're frustrated with life, and they're frustrated with things going on. So they try, they try. They're very temperamental people. All the time, they have a constant chip on their shoulders. And, that, and what is that? That's, there's a spirit of anger going on in there, but there's really a spirit of multiple battles and conflicts going on in a person's life. You will never find a person that has an attitude and spirit of anger that doesn't have multiple things going on in their life that they're trying to overcome. Or let me rephrase that, that's trying to overcome them. Okay, Proverbs 14, 17 says, a quick-tempered man does foolish things. And so there's multiple activities going on in, a, in the heart and life of a person that's dealing with this thing called anger. And so we're gonna deal with three areas of anger today. Number one's the cause of anger. And there's certain mindsets or attitudes that produce this, this cause, this spirit of anger. Let's, let's cover a few of those. Okay, one of the ways is having it my way. It's my way or the highway. I mean, I don't wanna say who, who might wanna fall on that, but <laughs> there are people who are like that. They have that attitude, they keep that attitude. You know, and um, it's like, a, it, I put here, it, this is the way it's going to be and everybody else can just get over it attitude, right? My, my daughter had a shirt that she wore years ago, <laughs> Natalie, and it said, it's not an attitude, it's the way I am, so adjust. <laughs> well, and she had an anger issue too, so anyway. <laughs> and we all get called under the bus, don't we? <laughs> Okay, so it's a selfish and it's a self-centered attitude is what I, I've, I've kind of reflected over these too, you know, not wanting to hear what someone else has to say. You don't care. It's just my way or the highway. And, and how many find that maybe when you're out on, the, out on the street and you're having road rage? Do we have road rage? I'm gonna, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we all do every now and then. Okay, so someone cuts in front of you and you say, not on my watch, you're not doing that. And then you spend the next five miles trying to figure out how you're gonna get back at them. You know, I'm gonna 
you know, you're gonna, I'm gonna get ahead of you and that's, if that's the last thing I do, you know. Yeah, tailgate this, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, I told Dan, what makes it funny in that area is that um, when they speed around you and they honk their horn and they're crazy and they're having temperaments and, they, and like I said, they speed around you and then they, we, we all stop at the same red light. It's hilarious to me. I'm <laughs> just like, okay, go ahead and stay mad. You know, so, and then there's the, the equally, uh, the your way, have it your way uh, cause. Have it your way is somebody that just sort of lays down and just lets that real temperamental um, person that's trying to be intimidating just have their way. I'm not gonna argue, I'm not gonna fuss, I'm gonna go to bed, I'm gonna just, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about this. I'm not gonna talk about what is making me angry. That is just as bad. That's not good either. In my family, you don't have to worry about that. Neither one of us are gonna lay down and say that. <laughs> you know, but sometimes people do, and that's bad because you know, when you hold that in, it's just as detrimental because then you're just kind of like a volcano who explodes. One day, that's gonna explode. We need to deal with our anger in a constructive way, though. That's the key, so that's the other way, and people do that quite often, you know. Um, and then there's the halfway person, the person who just wants to meet someone halfway. Um, okay, so you're sort of right, but so am I sort of right, you know, and that's, that's just as bad. That's not, that's, um, most think this is the answer when in reality it's the most deceptive and dangerous. Um, I'm gonna give a little and you give a little. Let's meet 50-50. And sometimes that's not a good idea. I, I feel, we were talking about this, I feel, I feel like there needs to be some resolve somehow in some way and with the Lord's help. And like a lot, sometimes it's things that's on the inside of us that needs, we need the Lord to touch. So It's like a marriage. How many found out 50-50 in a marriage doesn't build a marriage, it tears it apart? You go 100 or 100 or you don't build anything. And it's the same way with anger that if you're just trying to go 50-50 with your spouse or whoever you blow up around, if it's just a 50-50, then there's a 50% of you that's still not being dealt with. You're not being honest with, and it's just a matter of time till it's gonna resurrect in you. And so let's look at the real cause of anger. These are three uh, simple things that are very important in what we're saying, but uh, James gives us the true cause of anger, all right? You see, our first response is, well, why do you have an angry issue? It's her. Or it's him. It's always somebody else, isn't it? Yes. Here's what James said. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Let me say this, and I think it's in your notes. If it's not, write it down. You will never blame your way into happiness. You will never blame your way into happiness. And blaming everybody, don't we? We blame the government. We blame our spouse. We blame our boss. We blame our neighbor. We blame our neighbor's dog that wakes us up every morning, so we're ticked mm -hmm. off. I mean, we, we got to blame somebody because I've got this spirit of anger going on inside of me, and I really don't know what to do with it. And James says, you wanna know why you're angry? You're angry because you didn't get your way. Well, that's hard to swallow, isn't it? Because I don't know about you, but she's wrong a lot and I like being right. Um. <laughs> now that's not true, but it sure felt good saying it. It just felt good. It just, he thinks he's oh, getting that away felt with like this, macho but... manly right there, you know, in front of everyone. No, usually I'm the one wrong. I'm but... the one, mic I'm mic'd up this week so I can. <laughs> This will never happen again, I can tell you. Anyway, 
But usually I'm the one that's wrong. Every husband go, amen. But boy, does it feel good blaming somebody else for my yes. temper, blaming someone for my outburst of anger, blaming someone from the spirit. But James says they come from your desire, that battle within you, you want something, but you don't get it. You know what I found out in all of my, cause I grew up very angry and I looked for a fight. I looked for a confrontation growing up. I didn't care if I won or not. I just want to hit somebody or get hit. And I felt like I went home and accomplished something. But there was one common denominator in all of my issues of struggle or conflict. There was one common denominator in all of my fights. I was in every one of them. <laughs> Me. So whether it was my spouse or whether it was a boss or whether it was the government or whether it was this or it was my neighbor's dog that do bark every morning at six o'clock, all right? You know, that I would love to see in the pound. But anyway, I'm sorry, dog lovers, just the way I feel, they make me mad, all right? But anyway. Hey, neighbors, I you, see our neighbors here, no. Yeah, so, <laughs> our neighbors are here, okay. It was not your dog, it was not, no, they're not. Okay, but what am I saying? The issue is there's one common denominator in all of our outbursts of anger, and it's us. Yes. We gotta realize what's really the cause of that is I wanted something I didn't get my way. James says that's really the cause of our anger. And then number two, when we, we really identify the cause of our anger, then we've got to identify the course of our anger. The journey that, that we're going on, there, there's a course that anger takes us on. And, and if we don't deal with it, it'll deal with us. Come on, somebody, it'll deal with you, man. Anger will destroy your life if you don't destroy it first. And what we must acknowledge and understand is that anger is both a stronghold and an addiction. Anger, you, I was addicted to anger. I've never tasted alcohol. I don't know what a beer tastes like. I, I've never, I mean, ibuprofen messes me up. So if I ever did crack, I'm gone for six months. You know what I mean? And, and so I've never done those things in life. But, but anger, I was addicted to anger. I, I looked. It was like a high that it gave me to get angry. And it, it was a feeling that I was looking for. It, I was addicted to it. And don't raise your hand, but can anybody identify with that? I mean, it's just like a rage inside of you that you've got to have your fix. And there's a course that anger will take you on. You see, uh, I, I, like I said, I've never been involved in many of those things, but for 30 years of my life, I was addicted to anger. And anger was not always my, or anger was always my go-to. That when stress got on me, and rather than going to a bottle, or rather going through a drug, rather than going to those things, I ran to anger. I ran to get that feel, that fix, and, and once I had it and that outburst and everything, then I'm okay for a few days. And so you gotta realize today that anger is just not this float by day thing that's just, well, it's just a little anger. It's, no, it's not okay. It'll destroy you just like drugs or anything else will. And it takes you on a course, and just like drugs or alcohol, once you taste it, you've gotta have it more. It grows deeper and deeper, and then you're out killing somebody or you're beating up a wife Anger was such a part of my life that when Kathy and I, we dated six years before we were married. I met her when she was 14. We dated and married her at 20. And, uh, but I communicated to her that I have this problem. And, and, and many of you know I went through a horrible experience as a 12-year-old boy, and that enhanced my anger. And, and I knew I had the potential of putting my hands on her wrong. I didn't think I ever would, but I knew I had the potential to do that. And I let her know that if that ever happens one time, don't ever listen to I'm sorry, it won't happen again, please don't. I said, if that ever happens, you leave me, never turn around and never come back because you deserve better than that. 
But I knew the potential was there because I knew I, I was an addict. And, and you've got to understand, if you've got an anger issue today, if you don't handle it and deal with it that way, it's going to come back and destroy your life eventually. You've got to understand anger takes you on a course just like any other addiction. And I was going to mention something. This is kind of a, if you will, sort of a silly story. But at the same time, uh, when I was younger, I know some people don't think I have a temper or had a temper, but I have had one in the past. This, I mean, it started back in elementary school, and he's talking about addictions. And I don't think I knew anything about addictions then, but I remember having a temperament and an anger in elementary school. In fact, um, a little boy asked me out, wanted to be his, he wanted me to be his girlfriend. I punched him in the nose, so. You first, know. Day, first day of school. Yeah. Anyway, so. Pray for me. Pray for me. <laughs> But my parents were getting called very frequently for my anger. Isn't that just sad? So, you know, but anyway, the funny thing was, and this seems, this is, it, like I want to say it seems elementary, but it was an elementary school. But the principal was very concerned, and he called me in his office and talked to me about my anger. And the, the simple format that he gave me as a young child like that was just hold your breath and count to 10 you know, when you feel that fit coming. Now, we know sometimes that just is not going to work, right? But um, so we're just angry. But at the same time, I told pastor, I said, you know, I think that there's times when somebody points out to you that you have an anger problem and they point out ways to help you deal with your anger problem. And I think that's good. Had he not set me down and talked to me about my anger and my temperament, who knows what road that might've led me down and just getting away with my temper or my anger, you know? And so, I mean, it does uh, just go way back and where that ever come from in my life, I couldn't even tell you. Why did I have in elementary school an anger problem that was strange to me. And we're you know. going to talk about that in more detail on generational things in a few moments. But do you know the apostle Paul was an addict? Do you know that? Biblically, he tells that. Go in Romans 7, 21 through 24, it says, so I find this law at work. He said, when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body Doing what? Waging war against the law of my mind. And here's what he says, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. The apostle Paul's acknowledging here, I have an issue going on in my life that I hadn't overcome yet. There's a, there's a battle inside of me that's still raging. I'm saved, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I've got some stuff going on. And boy, that's a message we don't hear in the pulpit much today. Mm -hmm. But I know this disappoints you, but your pastor is still dealing with some stuff. Me too. I'd rather be honest with you. Now, I'm not beating my wife or anything like that. But I still, come on, anybody in here still dealing with some stuff? And, and it comforts me when I hear the Apostle Paul, the man that penned the majority of the Bible, go, I've still got some issues going on. Still some war raging inside of me. And the day that you say, I don't have a problem, that became your problem. All right? Because you see, um, some of you say, well, I'm not addicted to anything. And you're on Facebook eight hours a day. <laughs> Take away our cell phones for one day and see how addicted we are. Not very good. We all have some issues. But here's what happens when you don't deal with it. It becomes our identity. 
We become identified. We, don't we talk to people, you know, that's John, you know, he's a, he's a drug addict. You know, that, that's Bob over there, man, he's an alcoholic. And people may not say it out loud, but when you're throwing out these anger tantrums at your job and in your home, when people identify you, they identify you, that's the guy that gets angry quickly. It identifies you. Number two, when I try to control it but fail, I begin to feel increasingly hopeless. Come on, anybody, man, I tried to get, I tried to overcome anger so many years on my own. And, and every time I would think I'm doing good and then all of a sudden, man, my world crashes and I go back, go, go to my go-to and blow up again, man, you just all of a sudden start feeling hopeless, like this can't change. And then when you get there, any threat to my anger became a personal threat to me. Then at that point, if anyone even tried to point it out to me, then I got even madder. It's like, mind your business, okay? And, and you gotta understand, there's a course that anger wants to take you on. Moses had that issue. Look at Moses. He's called by God. He has a burning bush experience. His staff turns into a serpent and back to a staff. He has a red sea that parts in front of him. Manna from heaven comes down. God makes the water that's bitter sweet. He writes the 10 commandments, but Moses had an anger issue. He's this great man of God, but when you look into the life of Moses, he saw an Egyptian fighting in Hebrew and he got angry and he went and killed the Egyptian. You look at Moses, God gave him the 10 commandments on two tablets and he comes off the mountain, sees the Israelites worshiping a golden image. He throws them on the ground in anger and crushes them. And then we see him when God spoke to Moses and he tells Moses, look, I'm about to bring water out of this rock for the Israelites. Moses gets mad and he screams at them and he says, here now you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and he struck the rock two times. He was angry and that one cost him something. God finally said, okay, you're not dealing with the issue inside of you. Three different times Moses blew up and God said, from now on, you remain the person that I speak to, but now you give up the opportunity to enter the promised land. And Moses was disqualified from the promised land because of anger. And God still spoke to Moses. He then had to give the message to Joshua, and Joshua became the spokesperson for the nation of Israel. He had that honor. Moses lost the honor, but he never was removed from the responsibility. Let me say this to every person in here, anger comes with a great consequence. It loses marriages, it loses jobs, it loses employment, it loses businesses, it loses relationships. Anger is just as destructive as a drug or another dependency. And we must understand the course that it wants to take you on. And I don't think, I don't think oftentimes people realize that. So it's okay if I just hang on to anger. So it's okay if this is just how I am. I'm just an angry person with a chip on my shoulder. No, there is consequences that come to that. I don't like to have anger. I mean, we do have natural things that just make us angry like we we're talking about, but it is not good ever to hang on to that. It, there are consequences. If God, if God done what he done with Moses in the Bible and the others, then what do you think he, he's, he's looking at us? Turn that anger over to me. Turn it over to me. Uh, this was years ago now, years ago, okay? Trying to be transparent to help you. God has freed me from this, okay? But I remember, I was thinking last night, I was laying down, Kathy and I, when she, she got, and how many will acknowledge this? Your spouse is the one that can tick you off the most if you have an anger issue. 
Come on, men and women, come on, help me in here. It's like, they know too much about me, you know what I mean? And they're usually right, and that makes me even matter. But her pet peeve is me being on the phone, okay? Because I live on the phone a lot, because I pastor, and I'm always doing things, but I'm on it too much sometimes, so I'm changed, I've changed some of those things in my life. But when I was really not caring how she felt, this was many years ago, and she made a comment about my phone, and man, I blew up, and I sailed that thing across the house. And now I gotta go buy another one. <laughs> and I felt like, but when you have an anger addiction, I felt like I won. I was like, get that. <laughs> now I gotta go buy a new phone. They're not cheap, you know what I'm saying? And, and you gotta come and understand that anger wants to take you on a destructive course just like drugs or alcohol or any other addiction does. That's why we want you in small groups. Get in a small group. One of our men came to me the other day, or we were talking, and he said, I got so angry the other night, and it was an issue he was dealing with. He said, I grabbed a table, and I was fixing to throw it through the kitchen window. And he, and he said, all of a sudden, it just, God reminded me of the journey I'm on, that know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And he said, I thought, okay, I remember what pastor says, so I'm gonna contact some of the guys that's in my small group, and instead of throwing a window that he would have done six months ago, because he's a new convert, he called a couple guys in his small group, and they met with him and began to talk to him, and God brought a healing in his life. Thank God for that. Come on, it really works, it really, really yeah. works. What a testimony. Last of all, is there's a cure of anger. Come on, how many's thankful there's a cure? Yeah. Amen, we're gonna help some of you right now that are dealing with this thing called anger. James 5.16 says, confess your faults. Say faults. False. Now say confess, because that's the hard part. Confess your faults one to another, small groups. You don't need to do that in front of 300, 400, 500 people. You need to do that with the right people. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. There's God's remedy right there. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And here's what I wanna show you. He said, confess your faults. And there's two meanings, two definitions of that word fault there in scripture. Number one is a weakness or an area of failing that a person isn't necessarily responsible for. And, and some of you need to understand this because you're going, I've got this anger issue and I have no idea where it came from. It's like nothing happened. Like I went through a horrible experience as a 12 year old boy that created a spirit of anger inside of me and I grew up mad and angry for most of my life. But it didn't start there and I had to go back because when the more I prayed about that spirit going away, it still wasn't going away. And I had to look deeper than that because in many, I had no no cause of that experience. I didn't cause that horrible experience to happen to me as a 12-year-old boy, though it produced a spirit of anger inside of me. But we see in the, in the scriptures that the Bible says that the sins of the fathers, the sins of the fathers will affect to the third and fourth generation. And how many of us know young men that said, I'll never hit my wife because I watched my dad hit my mom? And I'll never hit my wife, and guess what they become? Wife beaters. How many of you know young men that said, I'll never go to prison because my dad was in prison, and guess where they wind up? In prison. I'll never be an alcoholic because I watched my mom and dad come home every night drunk. I'll never do that, and guess what they become? 
outside of a divine intervention because there's a generational curse upon their family lineage. The Bible teaches us that. And we've got to understand that anger is one of those curses that can be passed down through generations. And my dad was never a person that he, my dad was, a, he wasn't an angry man, but he had a bad temper. That he was that clam, that he was pretty calm, but if he ever opened up, you did not want to be in the room. And my dad never spanked me. Whenever I got one, he beat the fire out of me. That was like a weekly event in my house because I was always doing stupid things, all right? But he never hit me anywhere but my rear end, but boy, could he wear that thing out to the point that my mom would have to stop him every time. That's enough, or he would just keep going. And I had to go back and realize that part of my temperament is a generational thing too because that's my attitude, and it was. God's delivered me from that. It's been great to be free from that, but for growing up, my kids, when they did something wrong, she'll tell you, I'd go, y'all in restriction for two years. And she'd go, oh no, they ain't. They ain't staying in this house with me for two years. You, you better reduce that down to like three days. Yeah. And that, that was a, a temperament thing. You know, I told you that uh, earlier in my years, whenever I was in elementary school, somebody spoke to me about mine and it was something that I tried to, to watch, you know, and be careful of. But it does, it is, it, it, temperaments and, and anger is a, an addiction like what he's saying. It is something that I never thought of being a generational curse per se. When I, saw, when we, when I said that about me being in elementary school with a temper or anger, um, I'm thinking, where did that even come from? So apparently, I mean, when I say apparently, the Bible is the Bible and it is truth, you know. So, but sometimes when we think of anger and we think of temperaments, we don't think of it being generational curses you know, and things like that. And, um, and it is, we have to think of it that way and we have to apply the word to our life and ask God to help us with those tempers and with those angry feelings. You know, even when it's things that we can't do anything about. I mean, how many wants to live with your head in the mud with a bunch of anger all the time? How many wants to really be that way? That's no way to live life, not really, and not be happy and peaceful, you know, but I've never thought of it until we started putting this together of it being a generational curse. It could be a generational curse. In my family, my mother's side was a little bit like his father's side. Boy, you didn't mess with the Lewises. There's a lot of issues that went on with that. Now, my father was very, if anybody knows, my dad knows he's a very easygoing person, you know. And thank God, with the Lord's help, Easy going, married temperamental. <laughs> but we can reverse roles Thank very easily. <laughs> so, but, yeah. but God is just with us. And I, I mean, I give God the glory for helping us as we mesh together in life. If you are with somebody and you're married, if you're, even if you're not, and you still have to deal with things. I mean, I've learned a lot of things from people who, who um, had temperamental problems or anger problems. And it's a, if we just listen, like he's saying in the small groups, you get together and you confess your things to one another and let people help you through, let people point out those things in you, especially if it has to do with anger and temperament. It's very helpful, you know, and we can't just deny things that we know are there. We can't deny the help from other people. We need to hear what people are saying to us about ourselves, especially if it's truth that you know is already there. So. Let, let me throw this plug in too. And I mean, we have many great small groups, so please go online and check them all out. But this Saturday in our house, Kathy's gonna be holding her small group called Real, uh, Girl Talk. And they're gonna be talking about the, the war room, how, how to pray your children to God, how to pray demonic attacks off your children, how to, how to pray the right people in your children's life. Every one of our children 
were seriously engaged or seriously in love, they thought, with the wrong person. And she prayed every one of the wrong people out of our kids' lives. And today they're married to the right person. We prayed them out. We prayed, but she's really the one that did the devil whooping stuff, you know, because she's better at that than I am. All right? And so, but I'm telling you, ladies, if you want to know how to do that, how to be that prayer warrior, get with her today, 1030 Saturday at our house, and she's going to do a teaching on that, and it'll be life-changing for you. I'm not trying to promote one small group over the others, but I want to throw that in there because we're on this topic, and, uh, and let, let some other ladies help you overcome in Jesus' name. All right, and then we're going to close with the, this last meaning, the, uh, and, and let me just say, if you're a, a person that battles anger and you don't know why, you need to go back to your lineage and start looking and seeing what's there. And then number two, it means a fracture in the crust of the planet, like an earthquake fault. When he says, confess your faults one to another, and this is the, the outward manifestation that I had growing up with anger, it's, it's a character flaw that's underneath the surface that you can't see from the outside just like an earthquake fault, but boy, when it goes off, it goes off and does damage galore. And, and we've got to come and acknowledge when he says, confess your faults one to another, that I want to challenge you today as I've had to do in my life and I do today, that I pray every day. I shared this with our men's small group the other night. My prayer every day is I don't pray God keep me from alcohol, drugs, or other women or those things because that's not my struggle in life and that's not where the enemy had a stronghold in my life. This is where the enemy had a stronghold in my life. So I don't spend 30 minutes on it every day. I spend just a few minutes on it every day. But every day of my life is I pray against anger in my life. And I pray, God, you keep anger off of my life. I pray against any generational uh, stronghold that the enemy had. And I destroy that. And I pray over my children. And I destroy that, that it will not go to them. That it ends with me. And, you, and, and I have people in my life that confront me that they know that, that anger is the issue. If I'm gonna fail in an area of my life, it's gonna be back at anger. And I have accountability partners that question me on my anger weekly. And, and they hold me accountable to that. So understand that. And then number two is understand that, that anger is like a fault underground. And if you see that in your life and you have that kind of personality like I did, that when it goes off, it goes off big and you don't really care at that point who gets hurt by it. You're just gonna win that argument, that battle. You need to confess that to somebody. You need to confess it regularly. Find somebody you can trust. Get you an accountability partner and we're gonna do what the Bible says. Confess your faults, faults. Whatever it is, and today we're talking about anger. Pray the prayer. Because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And if you do that and you find that person and you begin to pray, God's going to set you free from anger in Jesus' name. How many believe that with me today? In the name of Jesus. And so what I, do I do? Can I hone in on that point on sure. the prayer? Yeah. Because, and, uh, because whenever, there's been a lot of times whenever, you know, just simple things that we may be uh, thinking of and dealing with in our life with our children. Sometimes when they were growing up and I might uh, be paranoid about something or there may be something going on. I would take it to the Lord and say, Lord, just remove the spirit of anger in the name of Jesus. And he would do that. It's, God can act, the Holy Spirit can act that quick on us. If we just call on his name, we just have to remember that thing. We have to remember to do that with the Lord. He will call you because sometimes that person may not be there that you can call on when you're that angry. Or if I'm, if I would maybe be angry with him, like, Lord Jesus, you got to help me because I'm going to kill him. <laughs> you know, but it's a thing. We laugh at those things, but that thing can really take control and really, really 
you know, just uh, cause a very terrible moment there. And um, it's really good to just stop a minute. It's good. I encourage you and all of us to stop. Connect. You just, you know, just calm yourself and call on Jesus. That Holy Spirit will meet you there. Last of all, I'm going to close with this. How many knows that if you have a drug problem, the worst place you need to go after work is the bar? Drinking problem. How many knows if you have a drug issue, the worst place you need to go is visit a crack house on the way home from work? Pretty much right. If you have an anger issue, you need to be careful who you run with. Here's what the book of wisdom says, Proverbs. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people. If you've got an anger issue, you need to be careful who you're associating with that they're not feeding your addiction. You need some people around you that's gonna go, you need to calm down, hothead. You're fixing to do something you can't take back. You need some people in your world like that that's gonna help you and pray for you and help you overcome this stronghold and this addiction. How many receive God's word today on anger? Receive it? Thank you, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bow your heads with me and, and, and I'm gonna make two calls today. And I, I'm, I can't even hardly see any of you because of the lights, but this is really about God. But how many in here would say, Pastor Dan, this word was for me today, and there's an anger stronghold in my life. There's, there's a stronghold of anger. It comes from a generational thing. It comes from uh, situations that I've gone through in my life. I didn't ask for, but I realized today that, that I've got an anger issue, and God spoke to me today, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win this thing. I'm going to win this battle. I'm not giving into this. How many raise a hand to God, to God, and say, God, I hear your word today, and I receive it. In Jesus' name, I receive this word today. This will not be a stronghold in my life. Father, I pray over every person that's got their hand raised right now. I pray deliverance. I pray healing. I pray freedom. God, that you cover them today. Online, Father, those that might be watching us via the web. Father, I pray healing over their heart, their mind, their spirit today that anger will no longer be a stronghold in our lives. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm here today and, and I just need to start over in life and I need Jesus in my life today. I'm not a Christian. I'm not where I belong today in Him and today I'm away from God and today I've, I've sensed life in the worship and I hear the truth of the simplicity of the Word today, the way it's delivered and, and I just wanna start over and I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Pray for me. If that's you, would you slip a hand up right wherever you sit? God bless you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. Hands are going up. We're going to pray for you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else today? That's me, Pastor. I need Jesus in my life today. I want to start over. I want a fresh start. We want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hand down once you've raised it. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Maybe online again. You need to make this decision. Pray with us. For wherever you're at right now, will you pray this prayer with me? And we're going to join you so you're not alone. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, I could come to you, confess, I can believe, and then I can receive. So right now, I come to you, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead, and I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, I'm saved. I'm a brand new person. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, you join me. About seven, eight hands were raised.